When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Hey, how about those cheese? Andy, this game was tied at 10 apiece, and I said, where are the fireworks? I went inside at halftime. I said, they're going to open this thing up in the second half. You did in the fourth quarter. What major changes did you have to have three straight drives in the fourth quarter and score touchdowns? Hey, Pat Mahomes and all of his boys, our defense, taking care of business, the coaches, man, a great job of keeping things right at the right time. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. <laughs> Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North and the Score North app, and Tom Pelissero, who is out in Miami the last several days, taking in the Super Bowl and, and lead-up festivities. It is, I think we all agree that it's just really cool to see Andy Reid, after 20 years as a great regular season coach, finally get that Super Bowl trophy yesterday, Tom. No question. Just when you look at what he's accomplished, um, you know, I, I I won't sit here and say that I know Andy Reid well, but I've I've talked to him many times uh, through the years. Always, you know, treated me with respect and dignity. You know, just a very class individual. You know, when you talk to people who know him, you know, I talked the other day to uh, the Chiefs general manager Brett Veach, who was just talking about you know the stories that exist within that building about him you know, pulling in, you know, the interns or whoever it is and just giving people kind of life advice. You know, the way Beach put it was just like he, he's done everything the right way forever. Uh, obviously, he's won a ton of games, and now, you know, he's by far the coach with the most career victories before winning a Super Bowl, and at the age of 61, uh, he's finally got that title. You said you don't know him you don't know him personally, but have talked to him over the years. Have you noticed any change in Andy Reid over his years as a head coach? Because it seems like the same guy to me that he was when he was back in Philadelphia when he first got that job. The same guy for sure. And that's one thing that, you know, when you talk to players or whoever about him, they'll they'll say the same thing, which is just he preaches to them about consistency and even during the rough stretches of the season, he's a, a very consistent guy. I think that what's really impressive with the evolution of Andy Reid is that you remember he started out on you know, Mike Holmgren staffs in Green Bay and that was West Coast offense coming from the Bill Walsh tree. Uh, you know, through Philadelphia, he ran that. He certainly adapted to different types of quarterbacks, had success with whether it was Donovan McNabb or Michael Vick. Uh, you know, then it has one bad season. Uh, Eagles aside, things have run their course. He goes to 
Kansas City and really kind of reinvented the way that he was looking at offense. You know, he hired Brad Childress down there, and Brad's job for a couple of years was basically just to watch college tape and pro tape and steal ideas. Uh, you know, they obviously had success there with Alex Smith and then now with Patrick Mahomes, and you saw some of that innovation uh, again yesterday. I mean, that play they run on fourth and one with the uh, the four tops spinning in the backfield there, um, you know, just trying to confuse the defense's alignment. And sure enough, it's a huge conversion in that game. Uh, he was more aggressive uh, in, in that game in terms of, you know, pulling the field goal unit off the field, going forward on fourth down. Uh, you know, he's really taken it in, you know, incorporated so many elements of the spread offense and RPOs. He's, he's never stopped evolving, and that's what you have to do in the NFL because the game changes. It is cyclical. Uh, things come back, but, you know, you can't just keep running this stuff for 21 years. So the way you have that sustained level of success is that you continue to find new ways to attack, uh, you know, and, and have the same attention to detail, which is something he always Harps on with his coaches and his players. Execution, attention to detail. Uh, they obviously were ready to go in that game. And then when the wave came and the 49ers had, you know, really good stretch of football there through the second and third quarters, uh, you know, down 10 with whatever it was, you know, 10 minutes to play, uh, to put together the finish they did. It was, it's, if you were going to draw it up, I'm sure that gives you a little bit of a heart attack at times, but it's, it's the way, you, you know, you'd love to think that your team is built to be able to sustain and and survive that 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 negative wave and come back and win the win on the biggest stage. Tom, what's the gene that Mahomes seems to have as well? That at a young age he doesn't get flustered. I mean, he can be put. He was put in in a predicament there where we've seen a lot of guys collapse, and he sort of looked and I don't know that he laughed, but he certainly didn't seem to be thrown off. And he comes back and and. The remarkable thing to me was he then completed a comeback, and you didn't say, I can't believe he did that. You said, you know what, I'm not surprised. Well, that's, you know, I think part of that's because he grew up, you know, in it, in professional sports. I actually bumped into his dad, Pat Mahomes, the former Twins pitcher. It was like 8.45 a.m. yesterday. I'm over there to start my five hours of live shots from like the front lawn of the JW Marriott. I saw you look good. And I appreciate that. I I looked awake, which was the real real miracle there. Uh, And, you know, Pat's dad, Patrick Mahomes' dad is just walking around already wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, just, you know, smoking a cigarette and, you know, just kind of wandering around like he didn't know what to do with himself. And so I went up and said hello because we had, you know, we had breakfast with, uh, I had breakfast with him and Patrick's mom and Patrick and his girlfriend back before the draft several years ago. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit and he was just like, Hey, you know, he's, he's ready to go. It's like, that's all I can tell you. He's ready to go. And that's, you know, what, what his teammates and coaches and everybody else say about him too. That's you know, something when they were scouting him, you know, Patrick Mahomes was fascinating because, you know, everybody can go back and say, how could they draft Mahomes over or, you know, Trubisky over Mahomes and all this. Mahomes was a kind of a divisive character. Nobody doubted the talent with him. It was just a matter of was he going to put the entire thing together? You know, unbelievably talented, can make any throw from any platform, uh, but he played in this wide open offense. And there was a lot of mechanical stuff that uh, you had to clean up. Uh, you know, Veach told me one thing that stood out about him was he was just a competitor at the highest level. You know, he, Veach told me a story about. You know, he went to a game, I want to say it was Iowa State, uh, and, and they were down like 45-7. to seven. Mahomes had a separated shoulder and went back into the game and wanted to keep playing. 
And he's like, that's that's just the kind of thing you saw. You know, same thing happened in, back in October where we all forget Mahomes dislocated his kneecap. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty substantial injury. Uh, and he told Andy Reid after they popped it back into place, I think I can go back in. Reid said no, obviously, and then he missed uh, whatever it was, two, three weeks there, uh, but comes back and, and plays great football. I mean, that's that's just kind of who the guy is. You know, and, and I remember, you know, the whole boomer bust thing coming out in the draft, and I remember – bringing that up to Patrick, just saying, you know, people, you know, talk about you as being this guy who could be really good or you could be the one who, you know, flames out. And, you know, Mahomes, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but he he said to me, I'm not worried about the floor. I'm just worried about the ceiling and striving to always get there. Well, he's now a Super Bowl champion, uh, Super Bowl MVP, and NFL MVP, and the guy is like 24 years and 139 days old. I mean, we have never – you know, very rarely seen anything quite like that. This is not just some, you know, fleeting run. You've got to look at him over the next 8, 10, 12, however many years as being somebody along with the Chiefs that you're going to have to reckon with. I mean, uh, Tom Pelissero, NFL Insights here, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network. Does it feel a little, it's a little apples to oranges, but does it feel a little like when we transitioned from Michael Jordan and then a couple of years later LeBron James, because we, we have the greatest of all time, and then somebody else comes along and does it totally differently, but is also then later on regarded as maybe the greatest of all time. Stylistically, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, very different. Mobility for one, uh, not so much for the other, but it kind, of, it kind of feels like we might be going from one guy regarded as the greatest of all time, and maybe we're watching the next one, Tom. Well, and what makes Tom Brady special is the the sustained level of success. You know, he won three championships in his first four years, uh, you know, being the starting quarterback for the Patriots, then had a decade-long drought where they, of course, had year-in and year-out success outside the year that Brady hurt his knee, and they still won 11 games. But, um, you know, and then he came back and won several titles at the end of his career. There's, there's a long way to go with Patrick Mahomes to be put into that air. But I do think there's something to be said. You use the NBA analogy. In the NBA, and, of course, you know, LeBron's kind of a singular superstar, but you always felt like there were waves of those players, you know, between Magic and Bird, and they kind of gave way, even though Jordan wasn't that far behind them. But then it felt like it went from being their league to being Michael Jordan's league, you know, and then went from being Michael Jordan's league to a degree, you know, Shaq and Kobe's league. And then eventually it became uh, LeBron's league uh, relatively quickly, and now you've got an entirely new, um, you know, wave of superstars that are, are coming in now and are, you know, obviously playing at a a really high level. I think that you see that right now with the quarterbacks because for a long time it was not just Brady. You know, before before Brady came and won three titles in the twilight of his career, we were talking about Brady and Manning. I mean, that was kind of the group. Of course, you have Drew Brees, who's had a really high level of of sustained success as well. Um, You know, and then they kind of were the guys who had taken over from that crop of quarterbacks that you had in the 80s, whether it was, you know, Phil Simms on down. I mean, you know, really good players uh, for a long time, you know, the Hall of Famers. Uh, now you've got this next group where, you know, Patrick Mahomes certainly looks like he's here to stay. Lamar Jackson from year one to year two showed a lot of growth. You know, will he's got to continue to develop as a passer. If he does that, then he's a pretty unique playmaker who, you know, has a chance to be good for a while. Deshaun Watson uh, is in that category as well. Uh, and there's a whole lot of other quarterbacks. I mean, all the young guys, Josh Allen had his team in the, the postseason this year. It's a, it's a quarterback-driven league, just like the NBA is a superstar-driven league. And as long as you have those compelling quarterbacks, you're going to have a compelling product. And yesterday, 
the better quarterback and the better team came out victorious. Is this a dangerous thing, though, Tom? Because now every team, and my co-host Phil Mackey is sitting here today saying, you got to go and find the next Patrick Mahomes. That's how you win a Super Bowl. The next Patrick Mahomes is probably not out there for the next 10 years. Like Quarterbacks like this guy are once a generation, or am I exaggerating? Well, I think there's a, you know, a bunch of different quarterbacks who win different ways. I think that Mahomes is unique in that he can make, you know, a throw with zero pocket off balance, you know, hitting Sammy Watkins down the field or absorbing the hit on the other throw to Watkins. It was huge in that game. And you can also run speed option with them, you know, on a, whatever that was, a fourth and one, I think it was. Um, you know, he can beat you with his legs. He doesn't, he doesn't move like Lamar, but he's a, you know, a bigger guy than Lamar. He can make things happen. He extend plays. Uh, and he can just throw the football better than maybe anybody on the planet. I think that, you know, yeah, you're never going to, you know, find people who are kind of cut from the same cloth, but you just see how he can, you know, elevate people around him. And he's got some good players on that team. Let's, let's not mistake that either. They've got a ton of speed. And Tyreek Hill didn't have the biggest game of his career, uh, yesterday. You know, there were stretches. I know he goes over a hundred yards, but there were stretches where you felt like Tyreek wasn't really involved in the game. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey didn't have a, you know, a massive game, but made a play when they needed him to. Damian Williams down the stretch made a couple plays when they needed him to. He, he's got some weapons there, but it all starts with, uh, the quarterback. And, and yesterday, even though Mahomes, you know, he makes, he makes some, some mistakes. You know, that interception in the middle of the field to Fred Warner was a, that felt like that was, oh, you know, the 49ers are about to take over this game. And then the ball that's behind Tyreek Hill that turns into another interception. I mean, they, they threw, those were consecutive possessions, two straight turnovers, and then they go down and score three touchdowns in a row. To, to get back to the makeup point, you know, that's, that's one thing the players just talk about is, you know, he's, he's, he is unique in that regard, what he's able to do, uh, you know, in terms of just staying the course, continuing to play. Uh, you know, he's got that temperament like a kid playing where, okay, I threw an interception, no big deal. I'm going to come back and, and make another play. You know, he's always got that look on his face like that smirk. That's just kind of how he looks all the time, and that's kind of who he is. Reckless speculation. All right, sir, last question. And this topic seems to be gaining momentum here, so I'm curious what type of weight you think it holds. Odds that Stefan Diggs is traded, because we're now getting more credible, certainly, reporters speculating about this. And I don't know if there's friction or what, but do you think that there is a chance the Vikings shop and or trade Stefan Diggs in the coming months? I mean, I haven't. You'd have to update me since I've been flying. I've not seen a credible not today. Krasinski had a, Diggs being traded. Krasinski about a, a week ago had, had a piece that sort of laid out the particulars of what might take place, and I, I believe it was uh, Andrew Kramer, the Star Tribune, went on with Collar on Friday's Purple Daily Show and said that he would not be surprised one bit if Stefan Diggs is traded. And so I just I don't know if there, there's been a falling out here or what. I, I know it's always sort of seemed a little bit weird at times between the team and the player. I just want to know if you think there's a chance that this could gain momentum or some real steam. Well, here's what you have to understand is the Vikings have a lot of decisions to make through the course of this offseason. They've got, I want to say it's over $211 million in salary cap commitments, uh, which means that they're going to have to make some cuts. Um, you know, and then you're trying to find that balance between do you keep, you know, where do you invest that money? Mike Zimmer is always going to want to keep as much of the defensive court together as possible. I certainly think you can make the argument based on uh, what happened last season that there are some parts of that defensive core that probably need to be changed out. You can get younger, faster, cheaper at certain spots. 
Um, but if you do want to retain some of those players, then, you know, staring at a $14.5 million cap number for Stephon Diggs next year, um, you know, you can make an argument that's one spot that you could potentially free up some money. Having said that, uh, you know, just based upon, um, you know, the way that that offense functions when Diggs is, I mean, Diggs had a, a remarkable stretch, you know, in, in December. Adam Thielen was missing time with his hamstring. Diggs had some huge games. I know that there was obviously some stuff that happened back in September. Um, Diggs can be up and down, you know, from an emotional standpoint. Um, you have to you have to look at this as part of the entire roster. I think that's that that's the point I'm getting at. I have not heard specifically that they have had trade talks with anyone. Uh, so in in spite of the reckless reckless speculation sounder that I know you teed me up with there, I, I can't really speculate on at this point. I would just say. There's a lot of different moving parts that are all interconnected when you're talking about setting up your roster, your salary cap, and, and everything else going forward. Football. That Thank you. is Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, and you can find him every single Monday here. Even We're going to even do some stuff here in February as we lead up to the official free agency period. So, Tom, uh, it's been a super fun season, and like you said, a lot to be discussed regarding the Vikings here in the coming weeks. We'll talk again soon. And that just reminded me I never replied to your email the other day, so I'll get back to you on that. We'll record soon. Can't wait. Another episode of Rewind coming up. If you missed the 2010 Vikings the episode, back together? check it out. Yep. Who's we've playing in, bass? Well, we've invited ourselves to Tom's basement again. At least, at least... At least, Again, at least question, Phil has. At least I have. Yeah. yeah. Who's playing bass? Who's uh, playing you drums? look like a bass guy. No. Tom, Tom can play I'm a saxophone. Drummer. I'm definitely a drummer, dude. <laughs> right. I'm Ringo. Bye, Tom. See ya. Bye. Tom Pelissero. You emailed Tom Pelissero Super Bowl week and expected him to get back to you? On Friday night. What do you think? You know he, You know you're not getting a response oh, wait, Who said I expected him to get back here's to me? Part of thing, here's part of the thing with Tom. Getting Tom to tolerate you is almost the most fun possible. So doing something like that is great because then he like you can see him rolling his eyes, but then he'll you know respond eventually. So yeah, I mean, I mean it's fine. Tom is is now to the level of reporter that he's not going to deal in reckless speculation. He's going to deal in facts. But I'm sure as so, the weeks go by, we're going to get more on this stuff on. There's stuff going on here. It is a little bit weird. The way that this, the, the way that that whole thing happened in September, and then just went away magically. Well, that's not how those things work. And Chris, Krasinski and Kramer are credible for sure. Like they're not just going to throw it out if they're like, ah, this might happen. They're, right. they're credible enough to they talk to people. I'm not saying that this means it's going to happen, but something's afoot. How about that? Yeah, and I think if you're the Vikings, you got to be careful about getting rid of some of these really good skill position players. But mm-hmm. at the same time, guess what? Skill position players. That make fourteen million dollars a year, which, by the way, Dalvin Cook is going to be in line for something close to that too. Those aren't exactly. the things that win you Super Bowls. Exactly. Line play, quarterback, those are the things that win you Super Bowls. I feel like when you talk about skill position players, and I'm not as as up on the draft as some in this business are, but you don't you didn't hear about a lot of these guys who are skill position players for the Chiefs coming out of college necessarily. I don't think a ton of them were first or even second round picks. They seem to look for traits. 
And the number one, the tra- Niners too, dude. The number one trait that they look for is just speed. Mm-hmm. Like, can you just outrun the guy in front of you? Because if you can, Patrick Mahomes will throw it as far as he can throw it, and you just run under it. Like, I know I'm simplifying things here, no, but right. that is a lot of what their offense is based yeah. on. Just ridiculously fast guys and a guy under center with an arm like no other. Look at Richard Sherman trying to cover Sammy Watkins yesterday yep. too. Yeah. You know, Richard Sherman and Troy Aikman did a great job of pointing out, boy, this is, I know that Richard Sherman's a Hall of Famer, but this is a mismatch. And he got torched. And Sammy Watkins is not even one of their, is it fair to say that Sammy Watkins is fast, but Sammy Watkins might not even be one of their two fastest wide receivers. No, he's not. That's the crazy thing. He's not. And Debo from San Francisco? Yeah. That kid has speed to burn as well. Yeah. No, they're, you know what this comes down to? Again, we learned the lesson. You can find receivers. And you can find running backs. You can. I'm sorry, Damian, but you can just Damian find. You can Williams, find man. them. Best player on the field are yesterday. You, are, next to Pat Mahomes. are you really going to eat up fourteen, thirteen to fourteen million dollars of your cap room there? Yeah. If someone told you, I can't do that. Hey, you'll say goodbye to Dalvin Cook and stuff on Diggs, but the trade-off will be your line play will be a lot better. Yeah, sorry, I got to do. I that. would strongly consider that for sure, even without talking about the quarterback stuff. And and how about this? I'll also find you a receiver. Who is a flat out burner who can catch the football? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I take that. A lot of Vikings discussions to be had here over the next few weeks. We will wrap with Ricey in about 20 minutes from now, and we have to get into commercials and halftime and non game related thoughts from yesterday's. And I think you need to tell Judd and Jonathan what was on your Super Bowl spread. And I'm putting air quotes around that. Phil's Super Bowl spread. Listen, that's awfully condescending. After what okay. I laid out for you Well, guys, did you have a spread, he, really, or just yes, some food? No, no, no. he had, he had, oh, he, he no. had what, See, he, this is what, what he's just, calling a spread. What do you mean? What, what, you sometimes right. just say, you know what, I threw out some food. No. And like, by that, I just I was stuck ex- on the counter. I was excited to bring this to Rami earlier today and say, listen, I, I want the master's approval. Did I do this right? Would you do that? Why? why? Well, let's just say. Just he, leave the day to Rami. Let's just say he didn't get approval. Okay. Football. Leave the day to him to get fat and just accept that your spread sucks. <laughs> we'll lay it out next. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.